Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Before we get started, I want to say this episode is currently brought to you by the current new free training that I am hosting this week, which is all on how to create paying clients on repeat without spending all day in Facebook groups. This is for really anyone who's been wanting to kind of crack the code with getting clients to come to you, not having to be stuck in Facebook groups or, you know, all those like tedious tasks day in and day out and actually do more of what you want, which is helping your clients solve their problems and, you know, create amazing testimonials so they want to come back to you. So that's what I want to make sure for you, you're able to get into. So for that, you need to go to bit.ly, bit.ly slash free IG clients or danielleclem.com slash free IG training to get your access and get in before we start. There will be a replay available, but only for 24 hours. So you do need to get in right before this Thursday, which is in two days. So go get that, get access in because this is going to change your life for those who are currently in their business wondering, how do I get to the point where I'm booked out month to month to month? Hey guys, welcome back to today's episode. I am so excited to talk to you because today we have on Haley Luckadoo, who is the host of Females on Fire podcast. And she is a serial entrepreneur and speaker who runs several businesses in the digital marketing space and a podcast that's dedicated to serving female entrepreneurs and helping them grow their business and go after their biggest ambitions. Welcome to the show, Haley. Hi, Danielle. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you to be here, and I think everyone's going to love this episode because they're going to find some nuggets that I think only you can share. I'm so glad. I'm excited. I am too. So one thing that I love to do with the beginning of the show is kind of go into a bit of your journey to kind of like what led you to where you're at today and then kind of end with what I call your zone of genius take on a topic or two that we find that the listeners can benefit from. So let's go straight into your journey and let them know a little bit more about who is Haley, how did you get started on this journey and like kind of what, how did you grow up that led you to wanting to go down this path? Yeah, absolutely. So I can't say that I ever really dreamed of owning my own business. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something I really thought I was going to do, which I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs. So I think a lot of business owners can relate to that a little bit. Um, But I did grow up as like a very multi-passionate child. I was always in every club in school and had lots of different hobbies and was always trying something new. Um, And I definitely took that with me into college and changed my major like nine times. I was that person who just could not decide what it was that I really wanted to do for the rest of my life because everybody was basically saying you need to pick one thing. And I just could not do that. Um, And basically my senior year of college, I had sort of a series of very unfortunate events that all sort of happened around the same time. And it left me in this place where 
I really just felt like I was at rock bottom. I didn't know what I was going to do. I unfortunately wasn't going to be able to finish school, um, just due to some financial reasons. And I had no idea what to do next because I felt like I had finally settled on a major. I had finally just picked one of my many passions to follow and it wasn't working out already in step one. And so I started looking at my life and my passions and hobbies and saying, okay, well, I have to make money somehow. So what am I going to do? And I decided that while I was figuring all of that out, I was going to kind of start my own wedding planning company. And I really didn't anticipate it actually being a business. I was really just helping some friends plan their weddings. So I thought it would be a good fit. I was like, if you know, they'll refer me to one other person and those people will pay me, then I can pay my rent while I figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. about six months in, I was really getting a lot of clients and really finding that this is something I was good at and I really enjoyed it. And so all of a sudden I actually had a business, but I had no idea how to be a business owner. (laughs) So I started diving into marketing and social media and really just how to run a business. And I Googled my heart out and taught myself everything I possibly could and got really good at it and found that I really enjoyed the business side of business even more than the wedding planning. Um, And so about three years in, I decided that I had a lot of extra time on my hands that was getting put toward Netflix, which is never a good Mm -hmm. thing if you work from home. And I decided that I was going to start helping other wedding professionals with the back end of their business because it's something I really enjoyed. It's something I felt like I could help them with. And it would just bring in a little bit of extra cash for me um, and kill a little bit of that extra time. So I started doing that with a few of my colleagues and some wedding industry friends and found that that was also something I was really good at and got great testimonials, great reviews, tons of referrals. And all of a sudden I had a second company and was working as a virtual assistant. And over the years that's evolved. Now I own a digital marketing agency. Um, So we've definitely transitioned that a good bit. But over the years, I've also started coaching and speaking and just really diving into all of these different passions that came out of owning a business. Um, And last year, I even started a podcast to try to just connect with other women in business and reach more people. And so it's been sort of an interesting journey because like I said, it's definitely something I never saw for myself. But looking back now over the last six years in business, I can't imagine it any other way. So I definitely just enjoy like everything entrepreneurial related and just have tons of different passions that I love to follow. And I think that's definitely what's gotten me to where I am is just that ability to kind of pivot and transition and not be afraid to try new things in business. Yeah, that's a really amazing thing that a lot of people forget. I think going into business is something that you have, which seems so innate to you, which is really allowing things to grow and evolve as they come versus, you know, trying to hold on when it comes to change. Some people just try and like hold on with their dear life, not wanting to move or pivot or, you know, change around as things go because it can feel scary. And I think what's great with what you've already created as you show people, they have no reason not to do it because you started without even knowing social media, without even knowing how to do this. Like, I think a lot of us, you know, we grew up um, using social media as a way to talk to our friends, but never as like, I'm going to market myself on here. So it's still a new skill that we all had to learn. And I think that your story allows people to see that 
you cannot only have multiple passions that can actually all grow and flourish, but also that it's okay to kind of go down a way that might feel a little bit scary or even just new or uncomfortable, even though it feels really good at the same time. So I want to go into as well, because I think every part of everyone's journey is the part behind the scenes, which is what I think is your mental. And I think a lot of the times when you're growing in your entrepreneur space, there is this mental I wouldn't want to say struggle, but like this internal conflict that we have to kind of go through with our minds that are limiting beliefs to kind of break through them to really hit our next level. So I'm curious to hear from you, whether it's in your clients or yourself, what is one or two biggest like internal conflicts or limiting beliefs you see that is really limiting people from getting to their next step? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I've, I've started speaking on a lot because I really started seeing it in my clients. And it's this fear of failure. And I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, when you start out in business and you're following all the gurus and, you know, looking at all the people on Instagram, everybody talks about your mindset, but nobody really dives into mm -hmm. what that's supposed to look like. And when I was dealing with a lot of clients who had this issue, I started to find that a lot of it really just came down to the fear of failure. And I think we can attribute a lot of our hesitancies and a lot of those limiting beliefs to that fear. Um, and I feel like sometimes we even try to put it off on other things. You know, we say it's not a fear of failure. It's just this excuse. But when you really dive into it, a lot of times it is that fear of failure. And for me, I can't say that I ever really struggled with that, but I've seen so many of my clients struggle with it. And I always tell them, you know, do you really want to get to the end of your life and be saying, what if I had tried? Or do you want to look at the rest of your life and say, okay, well, what if I could do this instead? Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about like turning your what ifs into why nots. And what I mean by that is just, you know, you sit around and you say, well, what if I could do this? And what if I could have that? And what if my life looked like hers? And what if my business looked like theirs? But the only thing stopping you from having that is you saying, well, why not me? Why not right now? Why can't I do that thing? I could try it. And, you know, I tell my clients all of the time, I don't really believe in failure. And you get a lot of pushback when you mm -hmm. say that. Yep. Um, and I know in, in reality, you can fail. Failure is a thing. But in my opinion, you either succeed or you learn something. So I don't think you're really going to fail in the sense that it's going to be a total bust. I don't think it's going to put you at rock bottom where you have to completely start over with absolutely nothing. You're going to start over with a learning experience and more knowledge than you had about whatever subject you were trying to get involved in. So in my opinion, I just think fear of failure is like the really big, you know, limiting mindset issue that everybody really struggles with. And if you can just identify you know, what part of that you're actually afraid of and why you're so afraid of it, then you can start to get past it. That's a really great note. I think that when it comes to like that, what if, why not? It's a really big one that I don't think sometimes people even notice what you're doing, especially when you're scrolling on social media, even now, this is something that I've noticed even more recently when people are in Facebook groups, because there's so many people in there, especially like the bigger ones, like gold digger podcast those type of ones that are like thousands upon thousands of people in there that that can also be I don't like the word trigger but that can also be a way that can 
kind of incite something inside of you that makes you feel lesser than or makes you feel like oh well that person has it or oh well they made this in that much days what if that you know what if that doesn't work for me and those can be almost paralyzing I find with a lot of entrepreneurs who either are and again this is just from my own experience who either are overachievers like they want to be the best that they can be or they're perfectionists those are like the two biggest ones when it comes to taking risks in your business that I've seen. How do you feel like, what are some traits that you've noticed kind of partner with people who are afraid to take risks in their business? Yeah, absolutely. And I, just to a point for what you said, I really do think that social media is like the best thing in the world for marketing and the worst thing for mindset because <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> you, you get like that imposter syndrome where you're just like, I can't possibly be as good as this person. And I think you just have to like put that aside and figure out how to overcome that for yourself. But to speak to your answer, um, I, I really think one of the biggest issues that I've seen with my clients, and this is definitely something I had to work on in the beginning stages of my business is we're so afraid of just the idea that we might fail or that it may not work out the way that we want to, that we're not willing to even plan it out. Mm. And I think if you're just willing to take that very first step, you don't have to do whatever the big scary thing is yet, but if you're willing to take that first step and just plan it out, just make a plan, sit down, figure out if you're going to do it, how would you be able to do it and just get organized, then all of a sudden you'll kind of notice that you know a little more about it than you think you do and you can plan it out a little better. Um, so I don't know if that kind of answered your question, but I feel like that productivity and organization aspect of it really benefits you with overcoming that fear of failure and getting through, you know, to that mindset where you really can take the next step in your business. Yes. I think the planning part is such a huge key factor for, I mean, for anything to get done, but especially for those type of goals. Before we dive in even deeper to productivity, I'm curious to hear from you what is one or two questions that you think they can ask themselves to go in deeper if, you know, this risk is the right thing to take or not, or to go in deeper and finding out what that actual answer is for them? Yeah. Well, the biggest one is just, can you stop thinking about it? Mm. So whatever the thing is that you're wanting to do, whether it's a new service or a new business or, you know, something in your personal life that you want to try, can you stop thinking about it? Because if the answer is no, if it keeps popping up in your head over and over again, then I truly believe that it's something you were meant to try. I'm not going to say that it's something you were meant to do, but it's something you were meant to try. And I think when we get things like that in our brain that we just can't get them out, a lot of times we still push it aside. And if you're thinking of something that much and it weighs on your mind and on your heart that much, then why not go after it? Why not just give it a chance? Um, and just, you know, and I mean, even if it doesn't work out, at least you can say that you tried. Um, and for me, I'd much rather say that I tried and failed and learned something and have a little more knowledge going through life than to not try at all and always wonder if it was ever going to work out. Um, the second thing is just, you know, is it really realistic for you? Is it possible for you? I think a lot of times we get these really big ideas in our head and, we jump in before we've actually, like I said, sat down and made a plan. So if you're going to dive into something new, do you have the time? Do you have the money? Do you have the resources? I think nobody starts off as an expert. So I'm not saying that you need to know everything about this subject before you dive into it, but you do need to have some sort of plan for 
you know, how you're going to spend your days. How are you going to sit down and actually have time to do this and your current job or, and deal with your family and your kids or, and whatever else you're doing. Are you going to have the money? Is it going to put you in some kind of hole to do this thing? So I think if you just sit down and, and make that plan and ask the, ask yourself those questions, then you'll get a good idea of if this is something that you are really meant to try out. And if it's something that you are really meant to try out right now. Those are some great questions to ask. And for those moving forward, if you said yes to both, then this next area is going to be great for you around planning. Because I've I've noticed even for myself, whenever I don't plan, even just like my top three goals or three to five goals I want to get done that day, I get so distracted. I'll go off. I'll have even more tabs than I have in my window. You know, things just, things start to scramble. So I'm curious to hear for you when it comes to, let's say, let's go with some type of task. Let's say a risk. Let's say they want to do public speaking. Like they decide, because I know that you do that as well, which is a great thing to go into. With that, they say, yes, you know, I can't stop thinking about becoming a public speaker and speaking and painting people's lives on stage. And yes, I have the resources. Then what's next for them? How would you plan out? kind of going about those next steps for them or kind of creating a roadmap in that way? Yeah. So first I would just brainstorm, like what's everything that you can do to get into public speaking? What's everything that you need to learn before you step on a stage in front of an audience? So I would just start making a list like, okay, can you get an agent to submit you to speak to places? Can you research conferences or podcasts or um, workshops or retreats that you can speak at? Can you put together some kind of media kit or a press page that you can send to potential conferences or retreats to speak at? You know, what do you need to know before you step on stage? What do you need to know about charging for your speaking? Is that something that you're going to need to do for free for a while? So really just brainstorming all of those things and then, you know, doing a Google search for whatever on that list you don't know enough about and really just starting there because I think that's going to give you a really good idea of what this process actually looks like. If you have the time, if you have the skills, if it's something you need to learn a little more about first um, and if it's really something that your heart wants and that you think you're going to be good at. So I would just sit down, brainstorm that list. And then when putting together a plan, I would just, designate like a day or even just half of a day to doing whatever that first step is. So with public speaking, for example, put together something, a you know, page on your website or a one page little media kit that you can send or a video or something of why you would be a good speaker. Um, and then start submitting that to potential conferences or retreats, or even start with something smaller like podcasts and just try to start getting your name out there. And so I think when you sit down and you put together the, a plan like that and you go step by step, it makes the process a lot less daunting. So, and I think you can apply that with anything, not just public speaking, you know, look at that list that you brainstormed and say, okay, what on this list is step one? What's going to be the very first thing that I need to do and how long will it take me to do it? And then set aside that time in your week to get it done. That's a great note. And I want to say 
because I want people to hear this because I know a lot of people might be in your audience and mine both have the tendency of going information overload. And I think what can happen is information overload almost always leads to analysis paralysis, meaning you got a lot of information in front of you, you know, you've got so many articles you've read and now you're like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> and I think for those type of plans, step one is so important because it's a, it's kind of a similar thing that I've heard from, I think, Pat Flynn a while ago, which is just-in-time learning, where you just learn what you need to know right now. And then when you need to know the next step, you find out the next step. Because I think too often people will see the end result first and then get so worried about, oh, I need to all create this now, and it almost drags them down even farther. So I think that's a great thing because you kind of bring it down from the bigger picture, like this amazing goal or this amazing new thing I want to try to actually put it into action. So I'd love to hear after you go from big picture, not that step one or two, now you're going to go about your day to day and really see how you can achieve that. So everyone I know has their own way of planning out their day or, or you know, however they decide to choose it. I'm curious, what is your normal process for planning out your day to day? Obviously, it's going to look different for most people depending on calls or whatever they're doing. But what's a natural process for you to plan out your weekly days? Yeah, absolutely. So Honestly, when it comes to productivity and just organizing your day, there's really three things that I recommend. Um, and the first to me is the one that's worked the absolute best for me. and was a huge game changer for my business. And that's when I plan out my day, I actually plan out my whole day. Um, and I mean, I actually day block everything. So mm -hmm. I know going into the week, what I'm going to be doing at 11 a.m. on Thursday. I know what I'm going to be doing at noon on Friday. I know when I'm going to take breaks. So I literally plan out and it, it sounds a little crazy. And I know some people are like, oh, I couldn't possibly plan out every single aspect of my life that would get so boring, <laughs> but it really makes it where you can actually work on the thing that you wanted to sit down and work on and not worry about the rest. And so for me, I really don't start my actual schedule until 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm not a morning person. I will never be a morning person. If you Same. are, <laughs> no. are you? Good. I'm like 11 a.m. starting. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So I'm 100% I'm the same way. I do my best work at night. Mm -hmm. So I am not starting my day officially until 10 a.m. So if I get in the office at nine, I know that I have an hour to work on whatever I want. It doesn't matter what it is, but at 10 a.m. my day starts. So I have to stop whatever I was doing and start with whatever I planned out to do. So I don't just schedule meetings and interviews this way. I schedule, okay, for this hour, this is the thing that I'm going to work on and nothing else. And it doesn't matter what email comes in and it doesn't matter what Instagram notification pops up for that hour. This is what I'm working on. No excuses. And after about two or three hours of work, I'll give myself like a 15 or 20 minute break where I just get to play on social media. And so it's just a nice break for my brain to catch up on Facebook notifications and scroll through Instagram and just kind of, you know, relax from the two to three tasks that I just worked on for a couple hours so that I can free up that brain space to go into the next two or three hours. And I do that all throughout the week and it really, really works. And so when I started day blocking and time blocking everything, that really changed my business because before that, and I think we can all admit that this has been us before, before that I would sit down and I would go, okay, here's my to-do list. Here's the 10 things that I have to get done today. 
and I would start on all 10 at once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, you start on one and then two minutes later you get an idea for like the seventh thing on your list. So you run over to it to try to do it really quick. And then all of a sudden you remember something about the second thing on your list. And all of a sudden you're sort of working on all 10, but not really working on anything and mindlessly scrolling through Instagram at the same time. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, so you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh my gosh, I just spent eight hours and none of these 10 things are done. Why? And you do that every single day and it takes so much longer to get things done, so much longer to get to the goals that you want to get to. And so this was the thing that really changed my business and that I recommend for everybody. The other two are much smaller. One, create a social media and marketing calendar. Mm -hmm. So the first day of every month, I don't work on my clients. I don't schedule interviews. I don't do anything like that. I sit down and I plan out my content for the whole month. And that whole day is designated to that. I plan out blog posts. I plan out podcast interviews. I plan out Instagram posts and Facebook posts and Pinterest and everything. And I get it all done in a day. That way for the rest of the month, I don't have to worry about it. I can focus on all of those other things because I feel like, like I said earlier, social media is amazing, but social media can be such a detriment if you're not planning it out and you're not really putting that effort into it. Um, So I definitely recommend getting some kind of plan in place for that. And my third thing is I have an accountability partner. And this is something that is a little newer to me, but I absolutely love it. Pick a friend that's in your industry, that's kind of in your same space. And just once a month, hop on a call with them. You don't have to have some specific agenda. There doesn't need to be a plan in place for it. Just hop on a call and say, okay, what are you doing now? What are you wanting to do in the next month? Um, My very good friend that I do this with, we hopped on a call two weeks ago and I said, this is what I'm struggling with and I just can't get myself to do it and blah, blah, blah. And she immediately had ideas. And since then I've implemented her ideas and it worked. And I did the same thing for her. And so we do this once a month where you basically just brain dump all the problems that you're having on the other person and Mm -hmm. they do the same to you. And you just kind of consult with each other on ideas and brainstorm things. And most of the time it's an hour, hour and a half call. And we both hop off feeling so relieved. And within the next month, we've accomplished whatever it was that we were so stuck on. So I really think, you know, use other people to your benefit. If you've got a, a friend that you feel like you can trust enough to talk about your ideas with, then just see if they're willing to hop on a call with you once a month. And you guys can, you know, sort of swap off on who gets the floor to talk about their problems. But it's really just a great way to meet people in the industry and get to know them even more, but also to really have somebody to hold you accountable for those goals. That's amazing. And I think that's something I've noticed more and more people are putting into their business because yeah, there are things, for example, like coaches and so forth that can help keep you accountable, but there is something I think even nicer about having someone who's in your industry and kind of where you're at, or even just like one or two steps above you that can really just like slowly bring, like kind of elevate each other up as you go, which I think is amazing. But these have been a great tips when it comes to not only day planning, but just planning in general. And I want to hear from you guys. So I want you to actually DM Haley and I, which will be in the links below. What is the risk or what should I say? What is the next step you're going to be taking for the risk that you're wanting to do? Whether it be public speaking, whether it be an offer, let us know because we want to keep you accountable and root you on. 
Absolutely. And I'm happy to give more advice. You know, if this is something that you're struggling with and you want to send me a DM or send Danielle a DM, I, I feel like it's definitely something that other people can probably help you with because usually a set of fresh eyes on your problems is the answer to your problems in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes you're too close to it for sure. But I want to go into, this is something at the last time that we do for each episode, and it's called Rapid Fire Round. So I'm just going to ask you about five or six questions that are just going to be whatever comes to your mind first, whether it be one word, one sentence, whatever you feel like, just to give the audience a little bit of more details around you and kind of what you stand for. So are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay. First one, favorite book you've ever read? Oh, that's so hard. I was hoping this wouldn't come up. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um, you can do current too. If, you, if you're currently reading a book that you're reading right now, you can say that one as well. Gosh, yeah. I, I'll say this. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I read it recently and it really stuck with me and I love it. It's Own Your Every Day by Jordan Lee Dooley. Heard of um, it, yeah. Yeah, it just came out a few weeks or months ago and it's just really all about like overcoming the pressure to prove yourself. And so I think mm -hmm. in this season of my life that really stuck with me. So I'm going to go with that one. Love it. Awesome. Okay. What is your favorite word or phrase that you use daily? Hmm. My favorite word or phrase. Um, gosh, I feel like I say just do it a lot. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm a, a advertiser for Nike, but I, I feel like I tell people to just do it a lot because I talk a lot about like taking risks and going after dreams. And so like, even with my friends, every time they come up and say something, I'm like, girl, just do it. Like, no, <laughs> just go do whatever it is. So I feel like I say that a lot. They probably appreciate free promo too. So that doesn't hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So if you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been? Who knows? <laughs> That's a good answer. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I said, I changed my major in college nine times. Mm. So I, I don't believe that if I had graduated with the degree that I had decided on, I don't believe I'd still be in that field. But if anybody's wondering, I finally settled on criminal justice. as my major. <laughs> So that's, that's a fun one to start to end with for sure. Yeah. We'll pretend that I was going to do that. <laughs> okay. So what is something that you're not very good at or working to get better at? Uh, I'm really hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and my husband hates this about me. And so we, we not fight about it, but we argue about it a little bit a lot. Um, okay. because I'm one of those people that I'm very much type a, I'm very much a perfectionist. And if I work really hard to do something, I usually put my whole heart into it and give it everything I've got. And so I never feel like it's good enough in the end. Um, and I'm very, very hard on myself about everything. Like even small little Instagram posts, I'll go back and read them. And I'm like, oh, that was so stupid. Why did I say that? Mm -hmm. And I'm, just, I'm, I'm never hard on anybody else, but I'm always very hard on myself. And so that's definitely something that is a work in progress for me. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, including myself, could say the exact same thing. So I appreciate you saying that because I know at least one person listening to this resonated immediately. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. What is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur should have? Mm, probably just being organized. You should have mm. some sort of organization skills. You know, not that you have to block all of your time the way I do, not that you have to organize files the way that I do, but I don't think there's any one right way to do something, but you've got to be able to acknowledge what works for you. Um, and I feel like 
organization is really the downfall of a lot of beginning businesses that kind mm -hmm. of fail because if you don't have some sort of system for everything that you're doing, then it's going to be shiny object syndrome. You're going to see somebody doing it this way on Instagram and you're going to try that. And then you're going to read a book and you're going to try that. And you're constantly going to be shifting your systems and never find the thing that works for you. So I feel like you've got to learn to have some kind of organization still. I like that. I agree as well. I think that's something that I regret, honestly, when I first started not having more organization or even not knowing my numbers. Like that's something so simple that people don't teach people who are beginning is like, what are your current like email rates? What are your current um, following stuff? Because that way you can create a strategy around that. And again, it keeps you more organized. So you actually know what you're heading towards and what you can try and tweak. So love that. Absolutely. Two more questions. Mm-hmm. What are one to two tools, mindset, or resources that you think every entrepreneur needs to make or to have at least to make their marketing successful? Um, so I mentioned earlier, just a social media, like marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a resource that, you know, you can Google those and find free ones, you mm -hmm. know? So if you really have no idea how to create it, Google it, find a free one, start with that. Um, I, I feel like that's just such a necessity. You know, we live in a world where social media is everything and everybody's on it. So most of the time, if you're going to reach your target audience, they're on some social media platform or another. So you really need to have a, a plan to reach them and get the right message to them and get your products or services in front of them. So I definitely feel like that's a resource that every entrepreneur should have and figure out. Um, as far as a resource that I use every day that I really love, um, I absolutely love HoneyBook. So mm. I swear by it. It's my, my client management system. It's my go-to for everything, contracts, invoices, tracking my time, all of those things. So if you're looking for something like that, then that's definitely a resource I recommend to everybody. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that here and there, but what we can do is also put down, if you uh, have any links, we'll put that in the show notes below too, so they can look at it or learn more about that too. Absolutely. But I want to go into one last question, which is my favorite one to hear, is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Um, it's changed a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. um, so I think when you're starting out in business, you know, success really looks like lots of money and mm -hmm. getting to work from home and all of those things. And now that I'm six years in business and kind of accomplishing some of the bigger goals that were on my list as a baby entrepreneur, mm -hmm. um, I feel like success to me really just looks like, am I finally happy? Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of a weird thing to say, but like I said, I'm really hard on myself and I'm very much a perfectionist. And so I sh I've struggled a lot over the last six years with, you know, I'll accomplish a goal and immediately move on to the next thing and never really take the time to be happy with what I just did and celebrate it. And so for me, you know, success is just getting to kind of stall out in that moment moment for a minute and just be happy with whatever it was I just accomplished. Yeah, that's a, something that I played with for a while as well because there's something that I thought of because I went through the same thing around, you know, it's easy to kind of check off goals or like hit, hit goals and kind of just move on to the next one. But I always try and think about, am I feeling like, am I looking for more satisfaction or more joy? Because satisfaction can come from hitting a goal or crossing something off your list or making you feel, you know, better for a second or two. But pure joy and happiness is something that 
can be not only not really sustained but really deep in your core that actually leaves a mark of sorts you know versus satisfaction just oh this was nice and then you move on to the next thing absolutely and i love that the joy and happiness over satisfaction that's really good cuz i feel like there's just there's never going to be enough money mm-hmm. and there's never going to be enough time you know if your goal is to hit six figures or half a million dollars or you just want to be able to be completely done with work when your husband or your kids get home. I mean, that's great, but how long is that really going to last? Because when you finally hit six figures at some point, you're going to be like, Oh, well, I want to hit half a million or I want to hit a million or I want to have more time. There's never going to be enough money. There's never going to be enough time. So I think when you start looking at success as more of a personal goal, instead of a benchmark that you have to hit, that's when it really actually starts to become success and you start to become happy with it. I love that. And actually, I want to go into now as well, since we've talked so much around not even so many things, which I love, goals, planning around taking risk. I now want to kind of hear from you. What are some current things that you're working on that can give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for from you? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I started a podcast last year. It's called the Females on Fire podcast. So We're definitely putting a lot of effort into that right now. So definitely something to check out. Um, And I'm definitely working on just speaking more. I really found that that's a passion of mine, doing a lot of motivational speaking. So, you know, check me out at conferences and workshops near you. And um, I do have a, a coaching program and we're working on putting out some courses. So just look out for those. And where can people find you at? Yeah, so I am at HaleyLuckadoo.net, so you can check me out there, and everything in the world is on that website, Mm -hmm. and I'm on all social media platforms as at HaleyLuckadoo. Awesome, and we will have all those links down below, too, so you guys can connect with Haley and um, learn more about her and just soak up more of her amazingness, but I want to say, there you guys have it. This has been such an amazing episode, and I hope you got so much out of it. Thank you so much, Haley, for coming on. I truly appreciate you being on here. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right, guys, I will talk to you all later. Again, DM us if you actually take the risk and have a next step. We want to hear from you, and I will talk to you guys all in the next episode. Bye, guys. Listening to today's episode, I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to danielleclem.com/slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.